This episode is brought to you by CJ's Woodworking. Need work on your residential or commercial property? CJ's Woodworking specializes in complete home renovations, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, flooring, and custom moldings. CJ's does it all. Call 516-244-3255. Again, that's 516-244-3255. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Short Porch Podcast with your co-hosts J.D. Frieda and Jared Peterman. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. That is right, 2018. We're bringing the new year. And this is the Short Porch Podcast, where even Dick Cheney can whack one to the seats in right field. I'm J.D. Frieda. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Jared Peterman. We're three weeks out from catchers and pitchers reporting, and we are back at the Short Porch Podcast Trying to uh, get on a regular schedule here as we enter uh, the new year. So we're going to talk a lot about what's going on in the baseball world. That's the hot stove that has been quite cool. Uh, the Garrett Cole trade that the Yankees were uh, linked in with. And we'll talk about baseball, uh, America's top 100 prospects, and some Hall of Fame voting as we uh, move along this show with a few segments in as well. Correct. So why don't we start off with Jarrett's great pun, the cold stove. Let's get started off with that. Uh, Jared, this offseason is a tad bit slow, especially for uh, the New York Yankees who have been associated in a, uh, our name in a few trades, a few signings. What's been going on here? Why is the, the stove so cold, as you say? I think uh, not many teams want to sign long-term deals to guys in their 30s like a J.D. Martinez or a Hugh Darvish or a Jake Arrieta. Uh, the Yankees have actually been maybe one of the most active teams, which has been funny because they only made, you know, they re-signed CC Sabathia and I mean they made the big splash for Giancarlo Stan, but that seems like four months ago at this point. So it's been really cold. I think a lot of teams aren't trying to really win now as they're in this rebuild mode. So they're not really interested in signing these aging uh, veterans to long-term contracts. Right. And one name you brought up there, you Darvish, you Darvish, a uh, once, you know, very sought after pitcher, still so, uh, but Maybe not in a long-term deal. His name has been linked to a few different teams, Cubs being one of them, I believe the Twins being one of them, the Yankees a little bit uh, fading away, and uh, maybe a few other teams in the mix. Where do you uh, anticipate Mr. Yu Darvish going? Is it Does he come to the Bronx? Does he go to the Cubs? Where does he go? Uh, I don't think he comes to the Bronx. The only way he would do that is if we were somehow able to get rid of Jacoby Ellsbury, which is not likely, as we always discuss on every episode, ways to get him out of uh, center field or even out of the New York area. but So I, I think I'm going to say either the Brewers or the Twins, which seems really interesting. Uh, I just I think maybe one of those teams will dish out a little more cash than what the Cubs will. And maybe if one of those if one of those teams miss on Darvish and the Cubs sign Darvish, maybe the other gets Arietta as Arietta is a free agent. So I feel like one of those guys will sign with the Cubs and the others will be in uh, either a Twins or a Brewers uniform, which would be a little weird. I'm sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but you did bring up Jacoby Ellsbury, and that just gets all Yankees fans' blood start to boil. 
there. I don't know if you've been aware, Jared. You know, I've been, I don't know how aware you've been on social media, but there's been a lot of chatter about one Jacoby Ellsbury uh, selling his, I believe, New York City-based apartment, getting on flights, going to different parts of the country. There's been a lot of chatter between the Yankees universe on Twitter regarding whether this is a sly little nod to maybe maybe the Yankees are making a move maybe they found something for Jacoby Ellsbury is this is this nothing are we are we looking too far into this is Yankees universe just way too excited about this or is Jacoby Ellsbury possibly possibly on the move and if so how would he be trust me if the Yankees had a deal for Jacoby Ellsbury to be moved Brian Cashman would not be sitting on this move for two weeks three weeks he would he would hit he would hit Send trade now immediately. Uh, I don't think we have a trade anywhere in the works with him. Everyone linked the Giants as they have some big contracts they could have loaded, unloaded as well to us, like a Jeff Samarja. But then you saw they traded for Andrew McCutcheon and they signed Austin Jackson, so their outfield's pretty crowded now. I don't think there's anywhere we could throw Jacoby Ellsbury. So do you think this is all just incidental stuff that that we're seeing? This is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that it's not we. You know, we we like we like a few good conspiracies. Anytime a house goes up for sale, we like that. But I don't. Uh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's in the works. I. I really wish it was. I think. I think some. Uh, I found some hypotheses on Twitter, possibly most likely to be correct. He might just be moving from from an apartment to an even bigger bigger establishment in New York because he knows <clears throat> he's going to be here because he's got no shot of leaving. Yeah, I actually heard he was gonna move into the clubhouse just because you know he wanted <laughs> he wanted to make it known like, hey guys, I'm still on this team. So yeah, he wanted to make it known he's there every day. He's working. He's working hard, just like Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier working hard in the cage last night. You should definitely check that out, all Yankee fans. Nice video that he put yeah, up. Go, go to Clint Frazier's been having a, a decent off season on Twitter. Uh, you know, with the emojis. Decent. He's saying, "Keep sleeping on me." There was a report out there that you know teams teams don't really you know. Teams don't really want Clint Frazier. Yankees don't really mind trading Clint Frazier. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy, buy it at it. all. And uh, one Clint Frazier's name was very associated with one trade for one Mr. Garrett Cole, who there was a whole saga going on uh, about a month ago with the New York Yankees. There were some reports coming out. It's imminent. It's coming. It just hasn't been announced yet. The Yankees are not just in talks. They're almost finalized. And then what happens? One Mr. Garrett Cole goes to the Houston Astros, passes up on the Yankees. The Yankees probably didn't want to give up what the what the Pittsburgh Pirates were demanding, and the Pirates in return get less than they would have got from the Yankees by a large margin from the Houston Astros. Yeah, it was a big debate whether or not Yankees fans wanted to trade some of the prospects um, that were going to have to be included in this deal. And I'm glad the Yankees did not trade for Garrett Cole. I was never on this ship. And as you see the return that the Astros gave the Pirates, uh, I don't think really any of those guys are up to par with a Clint Frazier, a Miguel Andujar. Joe Musgrove, the Astros pitcher who was traded, is probably better than Chance Adams. But still, I like Brian Cashman standing pat for the time being. You can reassess this at the trade deadline. The only thing that really hurts is that he goes to Houston, the Yankees, uh, who they lost to in the ALCS. Right, and as Jared said, the Yankees universe was kind of split. I don't think it was really one way or the other on where they fell on this issue. And looking back now, we ran a poll on December 21st of this past year, obviously, 
uh, asking, do Yankees fans want to trade Clint Frazier and others and others for Garrett Cole? We received 146 votes back and a pretty slim margin. 56% said no, but 44% still said yes. So that's a, that's a, you know, it's a large margin or a, a small margin for such a controversial topic. I understand where the people who wanted to trade for Garrett Cole come from. Uh, <clears throat> the Yankees just trade for Giancarlo Stanton. They think it's time to go for it now. But the way I look at it is, this isn't a 2018 move. This is, you keep in place your chips for 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, the Pirates wanted an infielder in the trade because their outfield is quite crowded. So that was either a Torres or an Andujar and uh the they the people this you know scouts and analysts all say that Andujar and Torres were much better than the infielder that the Pirates got and Colin Moran, so I I like that Cashman stayed put. I think if anything he'll reassess this at the trade deadline and go from there. But I think that Andujar and Torres could crack the big league roster on opening day. And talking about Torres, Andujar, and maybe some of the other pieces that the Pirates were looking in return for Garrett Cole who, as we said, eventually made his way down to Houston. The top 100 prospects of 2018 was released by the MLB and Baseball America. And number six, number six on the top 100 list is none other than Short Porch Podcast favorite, Glaber Torres. Jared, was it too high? Was it too low? Was it just right, like the porridge and the three little bears? And... uh, is, or is is Glebar Torres is going to be our starter on opening day? And yeah, I I hope I hope he is. There's some service time where there's some service time things where uh, maybe he sits out the first two weeks in the minors, like plays in the minors and then comes up. I think that was the thing. But Cashman alluded to that service time wouldn't be a factor in the decision. I think if he played last year, he would be in the top three. But since he did, since he got injured, he's at six. So I would probably put him a little higher. Maybe that's the little Yankees bias. Maybe that's not knowing uh, some of the other guys. But he's at six. I think it's it's not it's not a horrible ranking. Could be a little higher, maybe. But that's where he is. Do you think he starts opening day second base? I would have to say yes with the opening of Starlin Castro going down to Miami. I think that they don't really have a better option. The Yankees are known to employ like these veteran uh, these veteran utility guys and they'll maybe bring bring some in. Is uh is Steven is Steven Drew available? We don't bring that name up on this podcast. Uh he's he was the source of all my frustration along with Carmelo Anthony for a few years and uh he's he was finally gone. So we don't bring that name up. That is basically the name of. Uh, it reminds me of the episode of South Park where they, if you turn off the lights, turn on the candle, and say Biggie Smalls into the mirror three times, he'll appear behind you. That's like Stephen Drew for me. But um, no, I think that the Yankees are prone to bringing in these these veteran guys or just having these veteran utility guys that I think will fill in and do a good job backing up or just maybe even you know platooning for for Torres as well. Uh, but I don't think that I think that he's going to get his shot opening day. I think that. There's just too much fan fervor behind him. So I definitely think he does get the shot with we'll see a sprinkling of Torres here and there. Right. So two guys that were kind of named untouchable in the Garrett Cole trade come in next on the top 100 baseball perspective uh, prospect list, and that's Estevan Florial 
at 38 and Justice Sheffield at 41. Uh, Florio was in single A and Sheffield was in double A of last year. We could see Sheffield in triple A this year and maybe a September call-up later. Uh, those guys, Florio is the big one that jumps out because I don't think he was on the top 100 all of last year. He had a very good season. He goes to the Arizona Fall League, shows some good things, and now he's all the way up to 38. So when the Yankees had that debate of whether giving up Blake Rutherford or not, it's because of this guy. And Yankees fans really weren't sure of who he was at this point. They've heard maybe rumblings. But now, obviously, it is known that he is a uh, factor in the Yankees' future as he's number 38 on the top 100 list. And that's extremely impressive. As a guy that's still in single A, he has so much hype behind him. We'll see how this uh, pressure, whether it makes him into a diamond or, you know, maybe starts to mess with his mental game a bit. But, you know, he's he was highly touted. He was a reason, as you said, that Blake Rutherford was – we were comfortable shipping him out. And uh, I believe we talked to Matt Cardos uh, about Florial as well, and, and he had nothing but good things to say about him. So, I mean, he's high in this organization, and he's high for a reason. I think that the Yankees are looking forward to him coming, you know, making a, uh, a case for himself in maybe two years down the road. Right, and <clears throat> Sheffield, everyone knows, came over with Clint Frazier for the Andrew Miller trade. Everything's been rave reviews there. He also pitched in the Arizona Fall League. So we've, we've discussed him at, at length. Uh, 59th on the list was J.D.'s boy, Miguel Andujar. It's not J.D.'s boy. He is the Short Porch Podcast's main play. He's, he's our representative on the New York Yankees. Is Who is Miguel Andujar? Well, I think people are going to find out pretty pretty soon, if not opening day sometime this year, when Chase Headley uh, goes into that May slump that he often loves to do. So, Andujar is a 59. I think we'll see him. Uh, I believe talking to Cardos that, uh, you know, he, he said his bat's ready, and he came up last year and obviously showed the bat was ready in that one game, going four for five or something like that. So, uh, the Yankees had two more prospects on the top 100 list. Uh Albert Abreu at 77, who came over in the Brian McCann trade. And then Chance Adams, the Yankees. Uh, Yankees Twitter's like golden child, Chance Adams at 81. So those two young guns, uh, pitching prospects, round out this list for the Yankees, who had six total. Jared, what do you think of Chance Adams? Last year, if, if you remember, I mean, it seems like an eternity ago after the whole playoff run and everything. But last year, early to midseason, there were... There were real rumblings that Chance Adam would come up and be a starter in this rotation for the future. Not as a spot starter, not come up for a little bit of time, get him a little experience. Come up for his career as a New York Yankees starter last year. And it's kind of died down a bit. As you said, Yankees Twitter is still riding his, his coattails a bit. But what do you feel about Chance Adams and maybe the hype that's kind of either died down or just mellowed out? It's really interesting. I think the Yankees were comfortable in with trading him in any deal out there for a starting pitcher. I know he was a reliever last year. It was kind of his first full year as a starter, so maybe they want to see more. And I know there's been talks about his third pitch isn't as well-developed as it can be, so maybe that's also an issue. Maybe the Yankees don't think it will uh, blossom in the big leagues as well as you know what the stat line in the minors showed that got Yankees Twitter and most Yankees fans on his bandwagon. But I think... From what he's shown, he's shown that he can be a starting pitcher in the bigs. Maybe the hype got out of hand a little bit too much early, but I still believe in him. Uh, I don't think he was on the list last year either, so he cracks at 81. He's a little older than maybe a Torres or an Abreu, but I still think that uh, he has a chance to make it. So 
as we talk about lists that were released to uh, that were, lists were released recently, uh, we have another list released a bit a bit ago now, but still very uh, timely as tonight the announcement for the 2018 Baseball Hall of Fame induction uh, inductees will be announced. So, Jared, we have a few first-year ballot contenders here. Uh, do you have the list in front of you, or should I? Pull I do. Up? Okay. I do. So, first off, let's go with the guys that are new to this, the guys that are just eligible. Who are they? What are their, shortly, what are their resumes? Chipper Jones, uh, resume goes without saying. I think he's a, I think he's a Hall of Famer. You have Jim Tomey on the list. You have Scott Rowland, Andrew Jones, Johan Santana, Johnny Damon, Carlos Zambrano, Jamie Moyer, Omar Vizquel, Chris Carpenter, Levon Hernandez, Orlando Hudson, Kevin Millwood, Kerry Wood, Carlos Lee, Aubrey Huff, Hideki Matsui, Jason Isringhausen, and uh, Brad Lidge. So you have two former Yankees on this list, uh, Matsui, I mean, Aubrey Huff, I think, was briefly a Yankee, maybe. Andrew Jones was also a Yankee. And, yeah, Andrew Jones, Johnny Damon. So, you have a few. You have a few Yanks, ex-Yanks on there. I'm sure LeVon Hernandez made his way around somewhere or another. <laughs> so, I think I think there's like a handful of guys that will remain on the ballot. Most of those guys won't stay on the ballot. And that's been the big debate with the 5% rule that you saw Jorge Posada lead with. Right. So, I think Chipper Jones, Jim Tomey, Scott Rowland... Andrew Jones should stay on the list. I don't know if he will. Uh, that's kind of it. Maybe Omar Vizquel stays on the list, but I don't think he should. Yeah. I... Yo, Yo, Johan Santana is like the the hot hotbed issue right now. Like, oh, if you look at his prime, is he a Hall of Famer? Eh. Yeah. Eh. Injuries, injuries. I'm not sure. Um, he did, I mean, he did have that one no-no at, uh, at Yankee, not Yankee Stadium, City Field. Shea <laughs> or yeah. City? Uh, City? Who knows? It, it's pretty irrelevant. It was on yeah. the Mets, so. Yeah. <laughs> he had to throw about 186 pitches to get it. So. <laughs> but uh, as you focused on the guys that are on the first year, as you said, the 5% rule, uh, first year ballot, that pr- a good amount of those names are probably not going to be on it uh, going right. forward. But I want to focus just for a minute on the guys that have been on this list. For years, and some of these guys, the two guys I'm going to name are the ones that are probably the most controversial. I'm going to name, of course, the all-time leader in home runs uh, for the MLB with an asterisk next to it for many, Barry Bonds, and also the all-time Cy Young leader in one former New York Yankee, former Red Sox, former Astro, former whatever, the Rocket, Roger Clemens. Is the is this your take that you think they should be in the Hall of Fame? Listen, if I had a ballot, okay, and I was eligible to vote for who I believe to be in the Hall of Fame, and the boxes next to Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens were both there, I would check both of them off. I think that, in my opinion, there are so many guys that were under the assumption that they took something that that they tainted their their resume by this blah 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 i can go down the line of hundreds and hundreds of names and there are guys that i think it's more of a thing of public perception like these two guys are more vilified than a lot of other guys that were that were talked about taking or assumed to be taking things like if you talk about my my opinion like a mike piazza who i don't has he ever been 
like has he ever actually been like outed as he definitely took it or was it just rumors it was more so like rumors i don't think it was never stated technically yeah right okay, like but but when you think of mike piazza especially in new york fans mets fans but he's kind of like universally like oh it's mike piazza he's a loved guy you know but then when you talk about roger clemens i obviously the trials don't help but He's he's more vilified and obviously Barry Bonds right. as well. And so right with the Balco and my whole thing is like if you're gonna put in Clemens and Bonds, Manny Ramirez has to get, like even though Manny has taken suspensions, like I feel like he has to go in. And if you're in that camp, then how isn't Sammy Sosa also in the Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? I agree. No, I understand. But the interesting thing is like. Sammy Sosa, Clemens, and Bonds have all been on for six years. Or this is their sixth year on sixth the ballot. Year on the ballot yes. Right. Clemens has 54%. Barry Bonds has roughly 54%. Sammy Sosa has 8.6%. Yeah. I mean, the guy has. Sammy Sosa has 609 home runs. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna vote for them, I feel like the problem the re, the real problem is you can only vote for 10 players on the ballot. I don't think that should be a thing, especially if you have the five percent rule. What, how would you like fix that problem? How, what do you think? Is it unlimited I feel, as many as I feel? Or? Yeah, I really, I really think it's unlimited because that not only – I mean, you have – what do you have, 10 years eligibility on the ballot, mm -hmm. like as a player? So Fred McGriff's in his ninth year. He is 21.7%. But also the thing I don't like now is like – because here's why it also should be unlimited. Because you're going to see now when Jeter, when Jeter comes up for Hall of Fame eligibility or Rivera even – like, they are unanimous Hall of Famers, right? Unanimous first ballot Hall of Famers. Correct. But now with publics being, uh, or I mean, ballots being public, guys can see, guys submit their ballots earlier than, say, a John Hammond does who waits to the last moment. So he's like, oh, well, Jeter already has 85% of the votes. I don't need to vote for him. I understand what you're saying. So, like, from a historical aspect, like, there's guys who have like the highest rated, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame where that can be down because oh well I don't have to vote like Trevor Hoffman should already be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, but guys 100%. were all, guys were like, Oh well, you know, he already has like so many votes, I'll just vote for someone else trying to keep them on the ballot. So I feel like it should be an, an unlimited ballot and I feel like baseball writers would take that seriously because they they're already pretty strict in the way they vote. Like some guys don't vote for steroid guys, even if they've heard rumors. Some guys are like they take it like baseball is the most statistical like serious sport so these writers take it very seriously and i don't yeah. think they just give out pity votes to easily say, the hardest sport to get into the hall of fame easily oh absolutely they wouldn't give like a kevin millwood a vote just to oh you know like and they're public now so like they would get ridiculed for giving a, a shitty vote out but do you think that the solution to making these these ballots public and as you said, the perception of a guy that's going to vote later on and see, oh, this guy's got plenty of votes already, or from what I've seen, he'll right. definitely make it. I don't need to vote for him. Do you think the solution to that is unlimited votes, or is there another way to do that? Because I is... think, I think you can. I think unlimited votes not only keeps guys on the ballot longer, like a five, like Posada shouldn't be off the ballot. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. He sh he just shouldn't be off the ballot after one year. I'm saying make it all public after submission. Like I, I wouldn't. One hundred percent. That because would, that would be my solution. this is this is the whole this is the whole problem. Like, you know, we just discussed it in length, but that that would keep it a hundred percent. Like, as soon as as soon as the deadline is, boom, publicize. The committee you, should yeah. have a ruling that you can't, as you said, publicize your votes 
until what's today, January twenty fourth, until right. the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth, go crazy, do whatever you, you want. You see, to you see voters before they even send in their ballot, they take a picture and put it on Twitter. Yeah, like what do you think? Like yeah. So like I mean yeah they they signed it already they're sending in their ballot but like you can tally the votes and there's a website that does that as soon as they're in so I feel like you should just wait until after to publicize who voted for who and then that kind of takes away that issue of I don't need to vote for him because he has so many votes and then also like just give them an unlimited ballot because I don't think I maybe I'm wrong but I don't think NFL or NBA I don't think they have limits like, NFL had a huge class, like, a year or two ago, didn't they? Like, a ridiculous, uh, like... I, I'm not... Yeah, the, I don't remember. The basketball, the basketball Hall of Fame is kind of a joke, so I'm not really worried about that, but, like, the, the baseball, baseball Hall of Fame, Fame is, like, the only one that's actually, like, very It's highly, the most... Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, so... It's, like, praised, you, yeah. Of, of, so... If, if you had ten votes right now, do you know who you'd take? Like, if you're putting on Bonds, Clemens, do you put on... I would have to have the list in front of me. I I I might. Like... All right. Well, here's here's the here. If I had to take ten guys, here's who I would take. Okay. Trevor Hoffman, who is definitely getting in. Vlad Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero should definitely be a Hall of Famer. Chipper Jones. Yes. Barry Bonds. Roger yes. Clemens. Yes. Manny Ramirez. Edgar Martinez. Did I say Jim Tomey? Not not yet. Jim Tomey. Um. This is where it gets interesting. Like, I the debate between Mike Mussina and Kurt Schilling is quite interesting. And then you have like guys like Andrew Jones who, eh, but his prime was really good, and he still has like 434 home runs. But I think Larry Walker, I would give him a vote, and then my last vote would be either Schilling or Mussina. And I think Mussina is underrated in that aspect. All right, and say you, who'd you say before Mussina? Uh, Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Okay, I just pulled up the ballot right now, so I agree with you. Trevor Hoffman would definitely be one of mine. Vlad Guerrero as well. Clemens and Bonds, I already stated, and if so, I would. I mean, I'm throwing Manny Ramirez in there. At one point, Manny Ramirez was probably the most feared hitter in all of baseball in one point of his career. So. I kind of have to at that point. So that's five. And he and he had good years with the Dodgers. I mean, yeah. they're like he had actual suspensions from steroids. But if he if he took the suspensions, I don't really see how you can punish him anymore. Yeah. And right. I think like as just a whole of baseball, you need to have the best players in. Like it's kind of getting flimsy if you just put asterisks or not. I didn't say I did I, I didn't no I didn't say Edgar Martinez yet. So that's six. Right. Messina is seven. I've I've been a big advocate for Messina making it last year and this year as well. Um, Schilling, it kind of gets tough. I, I, I don't know if I said Larry Walker yet, but I think I did. Um, Schilling, it kind of gets tough. Uh, I would definitely Chipper Jones, Jim Tomei. So that's nine. Uh, and then, and then I gotta go with Jamie Moore. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here with Jamie Moore. Sheff- Sheffield's an interesting one to look He's at, too. He's an interesting one to look at, too. Uh, Billy Wagner might be my 10th guy. I think the biggest problem with the Shielding thing versus Mucina is Shielding has 3,000 strikeouts. Like, the thing is, the thing is with Shielding, if you just look at, like, generic stats, it's like he only has 216 wins, but he has 3,000 strikeouts, where Mucina has, like, 270 wins. And like two thousand some strikeouts, but a hundred more starts than Shielding. So it's real. It's 
it's really it's interesting tough. to see how they go. And Musina coming into this year had 51.8% of votes, and Sheeling had 45%. I mean, Sheeling was also kind of linked to some shit, and he has not helped his cause in With his, his public post. perception, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that probably plays into it, but it's really, it's it's... I think that's one of the more interesting debates because Musina's kind of underrated in a sense, but Sheeling's getting bashed due to his, you know, views. I kind of feel bad for Fred McGriff. It's his ninth year on the ballot. You know, he's, what is he, is he going to make it? I mean, it's also Edgar Martinez's ninth year on the ballots, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving Edgar, him. I think Edgar's got to get in. He's, he, I'm, as I just said, I'm giving, and you did as well, I'm giving him the nod this year. McGri- I don't think I named McGriffin there. So I don't know. I don't know. Ninth year on the ballot. That's we're getting awfully close here. Very awfully close. But there's a lot of first ballot, uh, first balloters that we talked about. But see, about. that's the that's the whole problem right there with the names we listed. Like an Andrew Jones, a Scott Rowland, they don't stay on the ballot. Johan Santana, who I mean, I think he deserves to stay on the ballot. But when you get yeah. ten, when you get ten votes, like those guys are not getting enough to generate five percent. And ladies and gentlemen, just um, I was speaking sarcastically when I said Jamie Moyer as my tenth pick, so as my tenth like, and nothing wrong with Jamie Moyer. I just he's not, he would never make it into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's insane. But yeah, I do agree with your. I think we had either the same or maybe one difference in our ballot. So I, I yeah, I'm very in tune with what you're saying. Right. With that being said, let's get into some segments. So. JD uh, considers himself kind of a, a creative guy. He's got he's got the, uh, the the broadcasting voice, and he's listened to a few John Sterling games in his uh, his day. So just a few. I'm gonna give JD a few uh, random MLB players, and on the spot, JD oh, is going go. to come up with a John Sterling like cause if this tough. man had just trotted the bases for the New York Yankees. It's gonna be tough. We'll see how we do here. So are you ready? Hold on, let me get a cough out and talk to Susan for a second. <laughs> Susan, we ready? I'm um, ready. All right, let's go. All right, so the first name I'm going to give to you is Minnesota Twins center fielder Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton. All right. And here comes the pitch. It's hit. It's going. It's deep. It's going. Bye. Bye. Byron Buxton. Three run home run. For Byron Buxton, I give that a C minus. All right, we're, 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 all right. It's the first one starting off. Starting off. First one starting off. I didn't know I was getting grades on these either. I mean, hey, hey, my I'm already just... upset with me for my grades. But go ahead. <laughs> Next, we'll go with uh, we'll go we'll go a little old school and we'll go Jim Edmonds. Old? I didn't know I was getting prepared for old school. All right, uh, Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds. Oof. Oh, this is gonna be really corny. All right, <laughs> and here comes the pitch. Inside, he takes it. Steps out of the batter's box. Jim Edmonds having a good, uh, have a good swing of it so far this season. Steps back into the box, and the pitch. It's hit. It's hit a mile. This one's long. This one's gone. Jim Edmonds has he been hitting the gym? It's Jim Edmonds. F minus. <laughs> This seg- this segment's off to a brilliant start here, JD. We gotta have a, we gotta have a cold cold uh, take segment as well. It can't always be hot. It can't always be hey. hot game. All it's right, let's go real. with let's go with uh, Charlie Blackman. Oh God, 
Colorado outfielder. Oh God. Uh, whew, Charlie, Charlie Blackman. Uh, oh, okay. Charlie Blackman. Okay. Charlie Blackman. All right. And here comes the pitch. And this one's hit a mile. This one's deep. This one's going. This one is gone. Charlie, get on your Harley and round the bases, Blackman. B, B, solid B, solid B. Okay, that's in like the, the, that could be in the lexicon of of John Starling. It could be. uh, It'd be one of his, it'd be one of his lower end calls, but I don't know. You had a lot to work with with Charlie Blackman. You had a lot to work with him. Who would you go with? I'm on the spot here. You pre- you're, you're, I don't know. You can, he has he has a very long beard. Charlie. There's a lot of things you can say with Charlie. Uh, I don't know, but let's. Harley. He's a fast guy. You know, he's got some wheels on him. He does have wheels on, so that's why I give you a B. I'm not I'm not hating. I'm just right. there's room for improvement. Okay, all right. Let's, I respect that. Let's go with uh, a more, Yankee. Correct. Yeah, let's go with a Yankee killer, Evan Longoria. have a few angles for this one. It's I was just... going to say this this seems like a soft pitch. This seems like a soft pitch in your wheelhouse. But I I feel like the obvious one is not like the best one. I feel like there could be a better one. You're uh, right. Oh man. Um Evan Longo. All right. And CC sets up. Uh, it's it's got to be CC. Yeah, it's absolutely CC. It's got to be CC. <laughs> and CC winds up for the pitch, releases, and boom! Uh, he doesn't say boom. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go back. I'm not Emerald. All right, or Bam, whatever he says. And CC winds up. Here comes the pitch. And this one's it. This one's deep. This one's far. That one is long gone for Longoria. Evan Longoria rounds the bases. A two-run home run for Evan Longoria. Soft pitch. That's an A minus. I uh, you could have you could have went with the Bruce Almighty spinoff. You could have went Evan Almighty long gone for Longoria. But right, you know what? Bad, I like bad, it. Bad. Okay. All right. To to uh, to wrap things up here, let's go with a. <laughs> Don't give me Ashdrubal Cabrera, please, please, for the love of everything. It will not be Ashdrubal, as he hits a dribbler off the off the second deck. But <laughs> it will be, <laughs> it will be Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. All right. All right. All right. I, I got. I got one. I got one. All right. Here we go. No wait, mm. I see again. There's there's something that you could think of that would be right there for it. But then as you you're sitting there brewing, thinking of one while I'm str- like fucking brewing in my own sweat over here, trying to find out like what I could say off the off the cuff. All right, all right. So they're away. The Dodgers are away. Right, right. And they're at Yankee sure, Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Right, yes, you know. And here comes the pitch. I'm gonna sign Sonny Gray is gonna be pitching here. And here comes Gray with the pitch. This one's inside, takes it for ball one. Bellinger steps out, steps back into the batter's box. Here comes the second pitch. This one's swung on. This one's hit high. This one's hit far. It is gone. Ring the bell for Cody Bellinger. Cody on the roadie Bellinger. <laughs> okay, not bad, not bad. B plus. 
Okay, I respect that. B plus. I got an A minus, a B plus, a B minus. A B, for... yeah, okay. a B, a C minus, an F minus. But you know, <laughs> we got to round out that F. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know if you were gonna go with the the sweet life of Zach and Cody. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know. But here's the thing. He hit it into the sweet. Here's here's the thing. Though. No, I know. I don't think he knows what the sweet life of Zach and Cody is. I'm trying to be realistic here. I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Me calling these. This would be some outlandish calls here. Absolutely outlandish. But well, that, maybe maybe you need to maybe you need to step into your own in your own shell next time as we uh we bring that on. We'll have a title for it next time. We don't have the uh, we're still working. It's a working title. Yeah, it's a work. We're working out the kinks here. We're but get, I think I think it's a good to, segment. I like it. We're, get, we're getting back into our first in our first episode. We're trying out some new things. It's getting a little wonky here. You know, <laughs> a little wonky. So talking about talking about some segments. We will have another segment for you at the tail end of the show. It's uh, a new segment we do have the name for, actually, this time. So we're going to call this one Fact or Frida. Why don't we just get into it right now, ladies and gentlemen? Fact or Frida. I'll quickly explain. I mean, the title is kind of self-evident here. I'm going to give Jared three facts, or maybe not a fact. Jared won't know the answer. He's going to have to guess if it's a fact or if it's a Frida fact, meaning that it's not actually a fact. I actually made it up. And I am known to make up some wonky facts as I have in my day. So, fact or Frida, Jared's going to get three facts. And he's going to have to tell me if they're actually facts or Frida facts. Jared, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready as I can be for this. All right. Here we go. First one ever. Fact or Frida. 2018 Shortports Podcast. We're here. Number one. There is a member of both the National Baseball Hall of Fame and the National Football Hall of Fame. Fact or Frida? You're saying one guy is in both? Correct. National Baseball Hall of Fame and National Football Hall of Fame. See... My my gut would say Frida, but I like to second guess myself and say fact. You? But but you know what? I'm sticking with a Frida because I I just don't know who it is. I don't have any names that come to mind. Is it a Frida? Number one is. It is a fact. Number one is a fact. Cal Hubbard, who is a member of both the National Baseball Hall of Fame, inducted in 1976, and before that, inducted into the National. Football Hall of Fame in 1963. He is also in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's making his rounds. Cal Hubbard passed away, unfortunately, I believe in 1977, late 70s. I'm not going to, I don't want to disrespect him, but Cal Hubbard, member of both. Jared, you're 0 for 1. Number 2, in fact, or Frida. Here we go. A Boston-based construction worker working at the site of the new Yankee Stadium prior to opening in 2008, imprinted a Ted Williams pendant in the foundation of the home side of the clubhouse. That's a Frida. Are you, were you uh, relating to the David Ortiz jersey in the underground? This is indeed a Frida. I wanted to see if I could throw you off give you something similar to see if uh, you would be slipped up a bit. Jared was not. Jared knows his 
Yankee Stadium Foundation facts for some odd reason. <laughs> so he is correct. Quickly saying this is a Frida. Jared is one for two. How you feeling? I'm all right. I'm uh, I came out swinging like Chase Headley, but I, I found my uh, Didi Gregorius stroke. So we're 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 moving on. Let's see if you could find your uh, Giancarlo Stanton stroke here. Number three and the final one in this week's fact or Frida. Charlie Sheen, known for his appearances in classic baseball movies such as Major League and, of course, Major League Two, once bought over 2,500 tickets for a single Los Angeles Angels game and only brought three of his friends to fill those seats. Fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact because only Charlie Sheen would do that. Number three is a fact. That is correct. Jared is batting two for three. Charlie Sheen, he's crazy as can be. Tiger blood running through his veins. Jared, you are correct. Two for three. The only one that slipped you up a bit, the member of both the National Football and National Baseball Hall of Fame. How did you like the first edition of Fact or Frida? I liked it. I think uh, I think as time will go on, it will get weirder and weirder as oh, – yeah. uh, but it's a it's a nice first edition. Will uh will keep me on my toes as always with either guests that Yankee or fact that fact or Frida. So I always have to sift through JD's uh, BS here. <laughs> I feel like Jared has had to do that since he's met me. So uh, you know it's a good uh it's a good rendition of uh, what I have to say on what I usually say on the daily. So yeah, um we've gone we've discussed Hall of Fame. We've discussed top 100 prospects today. We've discussed the slow cold stove off season. We've given you two segments, not one, count them, two segments, Factor Frida and something with Sterling, but we'll figure out a name for that. Working title, Jared, is there anything else you'd like to add to the fine people and the fine listeners of the Short Porch Podcast? No, just that we, uh, we're going to try to get on a regular schedule. We're back. We're going to try to, as promised, give you a top 10 Brian Cashman offseason moves of yes. all time, and we'll be back all through the spring training with some, you know, previews and we'll be watching spring training as that comes into play and we will obviously be here with you throughout the entire season you're damn right we will be here throughout the entirety of the season we will we will as best as we can get back on a regular scheduled basis because i know we've been slacking a bit you know holidays are always a tough time but ladies and gentlemen the short porch podcast is back We're here to stay. Tell your mother, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your father, tell your stepson, tell your stepdaughter. I don't care. In any order, we're here. The Short Porch Podcast is back. And, of course, I got to thank the one, the only, the Ben Sound. Ben who? Ben where? Ben why? Ben whom? Ben Gamel? Nope. It's Ben Sound. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, once again for tuning in to the Short Porch Podcast episode. I don't remember because we haven't done this in a while, but we'll get back to you on that episode whatever here at the Short Porch Podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Have a good week.